Hi there and welcome to the Conscious Man Project. This project is all about sharing experiences of life in the form of stories, insights, lessons, conversations and interviews. I am Bevan Lynch, a creative director, MC, presenter, husband, dad of two girls, a fellow human on this life journey and your host, here sharing what I learn and discover with you in the hope that we all grow, improve and become better than we were yesterday. So welcome to the Conscious Man Project. Hi there and welcome. You're listening to The Conscious Man Project. My name is Bevan Lynch, here your host. And yeah, just another gentleman in this world trying to make sense of it day by day. And if you're listening to this and this is your first time, thank you so much. It'd be great to hear how you found the podcast. I know it is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, I do share it through social at Conscious Man Project on Facebook as well as Instagram and also the website bevanlynch.com forward slash the Conscious Man Project. So it'd be great if you could hit me up and just let me know uh, yeah, where you where you discovered it. Now this is, I think it'll be the eighth episode of the Conscious Man Project and you know, previously I have elected to speak about things as they come up and so whilst I have set this episode up as being episodic. I really only want to share something as and when it comes. And so I have uh, consciously not uh, put anything up because I felt like I didn't have anything uh, to say. That and also my partner and wife in, in this life had to fortunately and unfortunately make her way back to our home country, South Africa, to attend to some family matters. Her mum uh, is ailing, so is not doing too well. And so, to paint a picture for you, left uh, our business, which we both uh, run together here from our studio at home, as well as two kids, a puppy that's still being trained, plus a household. And then uh, Pippa had to go back and help her dad, who is needing help looking after her mum. So stress on all fronts. And she was away for uh, just sort of two weeks. And we have two kids at, you know, at the time of this recording, two kids under five. So, yeah, it was, it was all go for a lot of people. And so we really had to hunker down and focus on, on the priorities. And unfortunately, podcasting about my little passion project uh, was one of the things that had to just, you know, tightly and neatly sit by the wayside. But I wanted to share with you that context because coming out of that period, I want to say, I didn't really think about it much, but I, I was, I guess you could say, consciously aware of the changing landscape and what I thought it meant for us as a family. Um, if you do hear any knocking, that is my my daughter upstairs, which was her birthday party uh, today, and so she's probably playing with some toys, and um, my studio is literally just underneath it. Not fully soundproof, but uh, apologies if that knocking does irritate you. Um, yeah, during that period, 
I was consciously aware of what my thinking was about this situation and the changing changing landscape at the time and uh, there were heaps of emotions. One emotion that, that came up was was anger. Um, I was angry at Pippa's mum for uh, for getting sick. Uh, I was angry at the fact that we had elected to move so far away from from our home country, away from family, away from a support structure. I was angry that uh, we didn't have our support structure here. I was angry that we you know, had elected to get a puppy instead of a fully trained dog that then I had to, you know, spend time, you know, cleaning up after Maggie. Unfortunately, as I record this, Maggie's great. You know, it's not, it's not the dog's fault. You know, it's, not any, it's not the animal's fault, you know, at all. So I got angry at that. Um, my eldest daughter is uh, growing up and so is testing, and rightly so, you know, her boundaries and, and what it means you know, to exist in the world for her and in the home. And so for the first time in a incredibly long time, I was confronted with this emotion, anger, that I thought I had um, sort of dealt with. I'm not dealt with, I'd learned to, to work with in a way that was constructive. People get angry, you know, it, it happens. It could be because we're hungry, we're tired, or all of the above. But this anger was different. It was like a, it was like a dull pain. You know, that just didn't seem to go away and it changed me uh, in a way that it really wasn't helpful um, in the day to day. It, it, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was quite not destructive, but it wasn't constructive, you know. And it would manifest in different ways, you know, it might be like a short comment here, it could be the, the literally the physical energy that I brought into a space, or it could be just the outlook that I had, uh, you know, within a certain scenario, and it just, it just wasn't helpful. And I can say that now because hindsight is, is perfect sight. I reflected on this more, and I, I tried to identify, so what was this thing that was eating me? You know, this, where was this anger coming from? And at first, I thought it was a concept around what I have noted, uh, at least to make sense for me, and that was the the expectation versus reality conundrum, right? So, basically, the working theory that I have, and I and I know it's not this isn't my theory, but it's just the way that I make sense of it is that the greater the distance between expectation, whatever my expectation is, and actual reality, the greater the distance between those two concepts, the greater the disappointment. And so to, to bring that into, I guess, the, the situation where I found myself is my reality at that time when Pippa was away and having to deal with what she needed to deal with and what I was having to deal with as a result of that, my expectation of that versus the reality I found myself in, there was, it was so far removed uh, from one another that um, there was disappointment. And I, I assumed that that disappointment was translating and manifesting itself into this emotion called, or that I was, I am calling anger. Um, 
And so I sat with that and I started recording it. And fortunately, when I was midway through both recordings, my daughter Charlotte interrupted me and uh, I, I, I I didn't complete the, the thought or the meditation or the, the rumination uh, of that idea, but I share it with you here because I, it's important um, as a stepping stone to get to what I'm calling the true essence of what I was experiencing. And when I let my brain sort of rest and calm down and we've just, in our business, we've come through a really busy time you know, Pippa having to be onboarded again after having come back from her trip, you know, to see her mum. We've been two weeks in it, in the thick of things, getting ready for the start of November with a whole lot of clients who need content sorted and photography, and it's a busy time of year. People want their imagery looking good for their businesses, and so um, if you're listening to this and you don't know, I work with my with my life partner and business partner, Pippa, in a company called Shout & Co. Check it out if you want to online. It's... Um, www.shoutandco.com or at shoutandco on Instagram and Facebook. But anyway, we were coming out of a really busy time and so I let my brain sort of rest and I began to realize that it, my anger wasn't being fueled by the uh, expectation versus reality conundrum. But something else that was, was deeper and it was my, it was my thinking and it's sort of connected to expectations, but it was my thinking about um, not having necessarily a support structure around. And what that meant was a support structure, I guess, that, that, that I could call on without having to pay for a babysitter or feel bad or feel like I need to um, reciprocate, like, you know, someone looking after our kids and then I would need to look after them, you know, just to get through um, the time whilst Pippa was away because I couldn't do anything easily, you know, like there would always need to be a plan made. So if I needed to go to the store to do groceries or even if I just wanted to do the laundry or the dishes or, or, or anything, I'd, I'd need to be quite methodical about how I'd plan um, the day and my time and I thought oh, my anger is being fueled by this lack of village right when there are elements of that don't, don't get me wrong there are there are elements of of that, that that are true for me and I think if you're listening this listening to this that you may recognize elements in your life where where that might be true for you where you just are um, sort of at your wit's end and you just needing just someone to lend a hand without your having to ask for it. But I sort of let that wash over me a bit more and I thought, no, Bevan, like you've been, you've been coping without, you know, a, a village for so long. I mean, we've been in New Zealand for, for five plus years already. So is that really the issue at play? And eventually what came, what illuminated in my mind was this idea of fitting in, right? So, so deep, I think, is my desire to fit in. You know, being South African, new to New Zealand, uh, relatively new to New Zealand, and you know, wanting to make sure that you know I do right by the country that has granted me access to its resources and. 
uh, and, and sort of livelihood, uh, you want to do right by the people in it, uh, by the government of the day, and you know, constantly checking myself to, to ask, you know, am I fitting in, you know, and constantly looking outward, you know, spending my time and energy looking outward and reflecting that back onto me to say, or projecting and looking outward and, and sort of seeing what comes back to say, well, does this mean I'm fitting in? So if, if I say, uh, want to be invited to a birthday party or a barbecue or, you know, constantly putting myself out there and it not being necessarily always reciprocated and then feeling let down um, because something in my mind or the thing that I thought ought to happen didn't happen. And I think a lot of us, and I'm just speaking for, for me here, right? But one of the greatest human desires, in my opinion, is to be accepted, to be acknowledged, to be seen. There's a great Zulu word, it's, it's uh, called Saubona. It basically means I see you and I see all of you and I welcome you into the space and in welcoming you and in seeing you, you see me and we see each other. Uh, it's one of our greatest human desires. Uh, and through looking outward and spending my energy looking outward, it was almost energy wasted because It's going to sound strange, but I am accepted, I am acknowledged, uh, and I am seen, you know. So just because it's not playing out in the way that I anticipate, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And as soon as I came up with that, or not came up with it, as soon as that idea sort of bubbled into consciousness, that was when the light bulb came on. And I knew it was true for me because I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. It was like, that's the insight. Constantly spending time looking outward for validation, for acceptance, for acknowledgement. And don't get me wrong, like, there's something to be said about fitting in. You know, it's, it's evolutionary. It's it was required. If you think about it, like if you were ostracized from the tribe, you wouldn't have access to the same resources in the form of food, uh, mating partners, which then meant your, your, your ability to reproduce at a, at a, at a, at a higher functioning, you know, survival of the fittest Darwinism level. Uh, all of that stuff is reduced. And so the likelihood of your surviving is, depending on your ability to access resources on your own, is, is, is quite diminished. And so... Fitting in, I think, is fundamental to, to human existence, and it's why we ascribe to, to not tribes, but tribes, you know. So more nowadays with the advent of the internet, people have their tribes. I mean, you might be 80, but you might dig Lego um, as much as a six-year-old does, and so that might be your tribe. Uh, it might be that you're a cyclist, and so, you know, I'm 35, and so, but 
you know, I've got mates who are 70 plus who, who are cyclists. And so I, de- I identify with that tribe. And so it's important from an evolutionary perspective that, you know, you feel like you're rolling with your homies, you know, because there's safety in that and there's access to resources and, and what have you, evolutionary speaking, evolutionarily speaking. But in today's world where we've got access to, to everything, uh, literally in our fingertips, uh, that evolutionary biology isn't really true for us in the material sense. It might be true in the, in the social and emotional sense, sure, where you want to feel like you're accepted. You want to feel, or at least if I speak for me, I want to feel like I'm accepted. I want to feel like I mean something to someone. I want to feel like someone's going to pick up the phone and say, hey, man, I was just thinking about you. What's going on? Uh, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's, it, it's real, um, the, the, the feeling side uh, for people, at least if I speak for myself. But this is the insight. And this is where I believe my anger was coming from. And I've written it down here. I've said, so, you know, fitting in is is one of our greatest human desires. But at what point do we become prisoner to this desire, foregoing peace and contentment? So fitting in is one of the greatest human desires. But at what point do we become prisoner to this desire, foregoing peace and contentment? It's almost like fitting in is good. It is good. But is it, gonna, is it going to cost me my peace? Am I going to carry around a poison chalice and drink this chalice walking around moping, saying, oh, I'm not fitting in. Um, so-and-so you know, hasn't called back. Uh, doesn't want me to be part of his band or... You know, so-and-so um, hasn't contacted us back for business, or whatever it is, across business, friendships, acquaintances. Um, yeah, it's... I, in short, my anger was being fueled by this imagined idea that I ought to mean something to the various tribes that I choose to ascribe to. But people have got a lot of shit going on in their lives, man. You know, I've got stuff going on, my wife's got stuff going on, together we've got stuff going on together, and then you extrapolate that out over 7 billion plus times, you know. So it's just a part of our frantic, frenetic way of living and yet I, I was holding in my mind people to account at a level of expectation that was in my mind you know only for me to see in my head and so that imaginary expectation And I guess this is why the expectation versus reality conundrum is, is pretty apt and sort of got me to this point. Uh, 
the expectation in my head versus the reality of what was playing out, there was a big gap between those two concepts. Hence the disappointment, hence the anger. But it was great to understand at a sort of atomic level what exactly was driving it. And it was this idea of fitting in, feeling a part of a tribe, feeling connected to other, which is important, don't get me wrong. But it's not that I wasn't connecting to the other. It was my expectation of what that connection ought to look like daily, weekly, monthly. And so I share this random nugget of information with you today because I feel like we all have these expectations play out. It might be different for you. I'm, actually, I can guarantee it will be different for you, whatever it looks like. Uh, and so my reality is my reality, yours is your reality, and your expectations are your expectations, and mine are, my expectations are mine. And so you have like a gazillion permutations, but I think the principle is the same. If your expectation doesn't meet your reality, you're going to be disappointed. Or you might be happy. You know, it might be that your expectations are exceeded through the reality that transpires. So... And also this fundamental desire to fit in. Uh, at what point does chasing this desire become your poison? Foregoing peace and contentment. It was crazy, you know, having rested on this idea and... When it, came, when, when it was illuminated in my mind, I could literally feel like a weight had been lifted. I was like, oh, that's what it is. And immediately I began to stop looking outward, projecting onto the world what I think my, expect, what, my expectation of what should be coming back to me. Instead of saying, well, I am here. I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. And instead of expecting from the world to just be in the world and let whatever comes from that come, you know? I know that sounds really deep and meaningful, but, you know, as my wife says, you know, whenever I have conversations, I go deep and fast. I think it may be the same for our sex life, but that's another podcast altogether. And please don't tell her I told you that. So... Yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it short and sweet at that. Because I don't really want to harp on too much. But, yeah man, if this has struck a chord with you, the concept of the reality versus expectation conundrum and also this idea of fitting in and at what point does it become a poison chalice, let me know your thoughts if it's the same for you. Uh, again, I'm not saying... One shouldn't or it's not okay to have expectations. I think expectations are good because you want to be aiming towards something. And that's a podcast that I had spoken about before where I had highlighted uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast about the importance of aiming towards something. And also I'm not minimizing the, the importance of having a tribe or feeling connected. Uh, it's more around saying 
how can we or I, how can I best better manage my emotional expectations and also manage the, or at least become more conscious of to what extent my desire to fit in is actually poisoning me. You know, nothing in life is black and white. I think life is just one big uh, 50,000 shades of grey. And it's just about navigating that grey matter or the, those grey areas in as best a way as, you know, as possible. You know? uh, and it looks different for every single fucking one of us. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and it sort of hits a chord with you, let me know, hit me up. Hello at bevanlynch.com. Really keen to hear from you. Um, or just hit me up in the comments whether you're listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, uh, or Apple Podcasts. Either one. Just uh, hit me up or find me on Facebook. Uh, or, yeah, it's, it's at Conscious Man Project, both on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Or if you want, follow me on my personal. I'm going to post it there anyway. It's Bevan Lynch, at Bevan Lynch. So, yeah, man, thank you for your airtime. I hope this finds you well. I feel like I really drilled down and sort of found a nugget of gold with this one. And, yeah, it might be true for you. It might not be. But thank you for your time. Thank you for your airtime. And definitely catch you next time. I'm probably going to round up this season after 10 episodes and then going to be getting into interviewing so it's not going to be about me and my thoughts but I think as a proof of concept I, I believe in the conscious man project I believe in raising the consciousness of what it means to be a good human uh, on this planet and yeah really keen for you to be part of the journey you know uh, as we as we just move forward day by day thank you lots of love peace Peace and love.